Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Bull Report, I guess we're calling it. Tim May, the 40-year vet over there on my side. Andy Backstrom on my other side. Let's talk about it. I'm Spencer Holbrook, obviously. And Tim? Obviously. Yeah, it says it underneath there. I think people know by now who I am. Yeah. Uh, Tim, busy week for Ohio State, but not a busy week for Ohio State. Kind of the in-between right now, uh, between... Uh, Finally getting over the loss to Michigan a little bit inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Finally turning the page toward uh, Missouri, getting back to bowl practice. And uh, finally getting Marvin Harrison the recognition that he deserves after winning the Blitnikoff Award this weekend. Um, he has just a banner week. Um, becomes a consensus All-American, then becomes a unanimous All-American for the second time. Only the fifth Buckeye to ever be a two-time unanimous All-American. Then uh, earns the Chicago Tribune Silver Football Award. Uh, for the best player in the Big Ten, first player at, from Ohio State since 2020 with Justin Fields after a couple years of Michigan guys winning it. Just, Tim, uh, thoughts on the awards just continuing to roll in for um, one of the best players in the history of Ohio State football. Yeah. I don't know if it's a banner week. It's more like a trophy case week, you know, with uh, with big-time photos involved. Uh, by the way, my, my big take of the week so far is hearing that uh, uh, through the grapevine and JT Tuimolau and uh, – and uh, Travion Henderson both practiced uh, at the end of this week. So, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. I'm not sure where Marvin Harrison Jr. fits in that regard. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is, is leaving. If he, if he is leaving Ohio State, he's going to leave as, uh, as, as decorated Ohio State receivers. Or when everybody's always asking, is, he's the, is he the best receiver you've ever seen in Ohio State? I mean, you know, I can put a bunch of guys out there starting like he does with Chris Carter and then right on down the line. But, uh, but I think Marvin's going to be the most decorated uh, wide receiver in Ohio state history, a consensus two-time all American, what only five players in Ohio state history uh, have, have done that. So uh, uh, five players, not receivers. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's had the, he's had the, uh, the year of years in terms of the awards banquet, but of course, as you guys both know and everybody else knows, if they're paying attention to Letterman Road coverage, he'd much rather have a win over the team up north, uh, a win in the Big Ten championship game, and another shot at a national championship. So how much that sways him down the line remains to be seen. Yeah, he's a special player, Andy, and just to continue to – have him be honored. Um, I know he caught a lot of flack for being the Blitnikoff Award winner last week because some folks thought Roma Dunze should have won it. Some folks thought Malik Neighbor should have won it. And the production was there for both of those guys. But um, the production was there for Marvin Harrison Jr. And obviously his impact 
just on the Ohio State offense and just the skill level that he has. I don't think there's any question that he is the best receiver in the country, and now he's starting to be honored as such. Again, unanimous All-American for the second time. Um, just a, a completely decorated career that uh, will still have some what-ifs, as weird as that is, just because of the, the losses to Michigan and, and not being able to uh, to win a national championship, Andy. Yeah, I love numbers, uh, but I think that people get way too into comparing receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, and saying, well, this guy had more, so why didn't he win the award? Clearly, Malik Neighbors is a really good football player. He's going to be probably a great NFL player. There's a reason why Jaden Daniels won the Heisman Trophy, and Malik Neighbors is a huge part of that process. So great player, but to just put up their stats next to each other like isn't necessarily a fair comparison considering that Marvin Harrison Jr. was covered probably more than any wide receiver in the NFL. They're double covered, bracketed every which way. So I think his impact still commanding, you know, more than double the receiving targets of any Ohio State player, basically accounting for like a quarter of the touchdowns or maybe more uh, for Ohio State this season. I think that just speaks to his value. And I also think that people say, well, it's not an NFL award, you know, Blitnikoff or all these honors. Like it's not about who's going to be the best prospect. Well, a lot of times the, the best prospects are the best players and the people that have the biggest impact. So I think those things go hand in hand. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Spence, uh, by the way, did you vote? Anders, do you vote in uh, Belitnikov? Nope. Uh, Marvin won it by one vote. Uh, he got my vote and he got Spencer's vote. So there you go. Tipping points are sitting right here. Yeah, I've revealed my ballot pretty publicly um, just because I I believe in transparency. If you're going to vote on something um, that's not political, then you should have uh, the conviction to put it out there. I don't think you should necessarily put every vote you make out there, but uh, I voted on the Blitnikoff Award. I had Marvin Harrison Jr. number one, Roma Dunze number two, and Malik Neighbors number three. The only, reason, the, only, yeah. the only reason I had Malik Neighbors number three is because somebody, and I felt bad for doing it, somebody had to finish third. Yeah. And so three incredible players, if you could do tied for first, maybe I would have tied all three of them because they're just that good. This is probably the, the hardest decision I've ever had to make on that ballot. And I've been doing this for five years now. Um, Tim, you've been doing it a lot longer. This is a, just an absolute loaded wide receiver group. And all yeah. three of those guys were consensus All-Americans for a reason. They yeah. were all three, the only three that were really showing up on All-American teams because they're that good. But it's very apparent by the fact that he was a Heisman trophy finalist, by the fact that he is winning awards that are normally restricted to only quarterbacks and running backs in the big 10, that he's winning uh, awards that are largely dominated by quarterbacks is in uh, big 10 AP player of the year, big 10 um, coaches and media offensive player of the year. Um, the Chicago's tribune silver football, like everything that's coming to him is not because his last name is Harrison. No. It's because he's very good. And so his impact stretches far beyond, you know, having 240 receiving yards against Army and, and running up the score to 60 points. And that's not a knock on Malik Neighbors, but that's just the way that this went is I thought the impact of Marvin Harrison Jr. was greater than the impact of uh, Malik Neighbors for sure and Adunze a little bit. But I thought Adunze was was close to Marvin. If there was one decision I had to make, it was Marvin versus Adunze. It wasn't Marvin versus Malik Neighbors. Yeah, that was me too, and uh, I like Adunze too. I mean, I think I think it's I think it's kind of stupid we have to like decide between them, you know. And it does become a quote popularity contest. And and, and you know, I I think you agree with me. I think I think Marvin should have won it last year, you know. So uh, 
call this a career achievement award for him also. You know, the fact that uh, he came back and put up numbers again. And I'm not going to apologize for my vote. I mean, you know, you know the I think the big uh, gripe was that he won by one vote. But I mean, that, that, that there were there were countless votes for him. And uh, what put him over the top was one vote. So uh, mm -hmm. if, if it was mine, I feel really good about it. You know what I mean? Just like, I mean, I voted for Michael Penix Jr. for the Heisman, number one. I voted for Marvin, number two. And I voted Jaden Daniels, number three. I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., I thought, had much more of an impact on it for his team uh, on the national championship race, uh, et cetera. And then Marvin Harrison Jr., like everything you just delineated, Deserve to be, uh, in my opinion, number two on the Heisman list. I thought Michael Penix Jr. deserved to be number one on the Heisman list because of just pure impact he's had on that team for two seasons, including getting them into the national championship uh, race. And, it, you know, I'd stack him up with anybody in terms of throwing the football this year, in terms of throwing the football in the clutch this year. I don't know if y'all agree or not, but uh, I, I know we're not here to discuss the Heisman race, but that's the way I came down on that. And, you know, I know Jaden Daniels won, and, and good for him. Uh, Andy, if you had a Blitnikoff vote, would you have, would you be willing to tell what your three would look like? It probably well, would have over, wouldn't you? Yeah, kids <laughs> over. Would, no, uh, no, I probably definitely would have voted for Marvin first, and then probably Malik second, just because. I mean, it really just depends what you like, right? Malik Neighbors is a yards after catch machine. And yeah. Roma Dunze or Dunze is is literally like a 50-50 catch machine. You know, like what do you like better? Um, mm -hmm. you know, I like both of those guys, but I think the the numbers that Malik Neighbors put up, uh, while they aren't the most important thing, what he did after the catch was was really marvelous this year. Um, that probably just would have put him at two, but I don't think you can go wrong with either of these three guys like you just had to make your pick yeah and that's what happened and yeah, you know Dun yeah Dungey had some huge catches this year yeah follow my drift i mean right and in big moments and that's what yeah. i think spencer was saying that like that's why the impact of those two sticks out and that's why this award is being talked about so much not just because uh the nfl college football is is slanting so much toward wide receivers that like in 10 years, if you ask me who won the 2023 Doak Walker Award, I will have no clue and nobody will really care because the running backs, and that's not a knock on running backs, but they're just the value of running backs in the NFL and down to the college level is being minimized more and more every year. And meanwhile, the wide receiver position just continues to skyrocket, which is making this Blitnikoff Award so much more competitive. Um, there there are, there were so many options to vote for finalists and then semifinalists and and cutting that list down was really tough for for people like me and, and Tim and I think that they make it nice that we can only vote for three because if you could vote for more then the voting would have been even more spread out because there's so many talented wide receivers but the reason you see a one vote uh result there is because of how good the wide receiver position is becoming and how yeah. good a lot of players are and so uh I think it's a credit to all three of them that it was only one vote that Marvin won by because he yeah. is the best receiver in America. And so to make it a one vote contest is pretty impressive. Um, we're going to shift gears here a little bit. Uh, but before we do, I want to want to tell you guys about game time, the game time app, GameTime.co. If you use the promo code Buckeyes, you get $20 off your first purchase in the game time app. Of course, terms do apply, but they've got tickets to the Cotton Bowl on game time and game time.co and the game time app right now. 
if you're heading to Dallas and you don't have tickets, or if you're heading to Arlington, uh, the big spaceship known as AT&T Stadium, to watch it on the big screen, catch a little bit of action on the field, go to the GameTime app, GameTime.co, score $20 off your first purchase when you use the promo code Buckeyes. Tim, they also do this fun thing where if you find a uh, ticket on the GameTime app, find one cheaper on a different app that's in the same section or same row, uh, I think you get something in return. Yeah, you get hundred. You get one hundred and ten percent of the difference back from uh, Game Time, the Game Time app, GameTime.co. So uh, that's a hell of a deal. By the way, you can get in a Columbus Blue Jackets game uh, tomorrow night for twenty bucks on Game Time. Uh, <laughs> grab them now. This is a different screen I'm used to working with. This Streamyard, but uh, but yeah, it's the uh, it's the place to go, man. Especially for uh, Cotton Bowl tickets, for college football playoff tickets. Uh, I'm not going to call it a discount site for college football playoff tickets because they're crazy how much uh, they're going for, especially the championship game in Houston already is crazy uh, numbers. One of my, uh, my one of my brother, my more lone remaining brother, uh, is trying to is trying to figure out a way to get a ticket because he definitely thinks Alabama's going to be there. Uh, he lives in uh, Houston, but uh, he's got Ken folks coming in. They're thinking. I told him we'll check the game time app, man, and uh, that's where you can maybe. Maybe find that ticket of your dreams, but uh, you may have to hold off on your your dream boat for this uh, for this coming spring. Andy, uh, I believe uh, you're heading back to the homeland uh, at some point uh, for Christmas. Maybe over Christmas holiday, you want to go take in a, the Joel Embiid uh, experience. Yeah. You want to go watch the Flyers. You want to go see Gritty in person. Uh, you can do it on the Game Time app, GameTime.co. Uh, the best place to buy tickets. Use the promo code Buckeyes. It doesn't matter what tickets you buy. Use that promo code Buckeyes. You get $20 off your first purchase in the Game Time app. Of course, terms do apply. Uh, Tim, you dropped a little thing in here we weren't prepared to talk about, but we're going to talk about it now. Uh, Trayvon Henderson and JT Tuimola, from what Letterman, so- Letterman Rose sources have indicated, have, are practicing uh, in bowl prep. That's kind of uh, big news. Yeah. I mean, We'll see how it plays out, right? But, uh, man, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking this has happened, but uh, I don't know this for a fact. My, my, my people haven't – sources haven't told me this, but I would I would think before practice started formally uh, that Ryan Day had a show of hands. All right, who's playing, who's not, you know what I mean? And you proceed from there, right? Because you can't be you – know, you've only – well, we're what, – what is today's day? Today's the 15th. We're, we're exactly two weeks – out uh, from from the actual game, so you got to know who you're working with. You don't want to be wasting reps in bowl practice at this time. So that I would say, I would think that's a harbinger, you know, and uh, I would think that's a nice harbinger because, like Emeka Agbuka said when we got to talk to him this this week, uh, he's he's playing in the game. He isn't he isn't uh, defining right now whether he's going to um, head on and to declare for the NFL draft after the game. But all these major guys that we got to talk to this past week are playing in the game. Uh, Donovan Jackson, um, Josh Fryer, right on down the line, Jordan Hancock. So I think that's a good – I think that's a harbinger for the game to come. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Travion, I, I would think, has got a real big decision because he's not projected – the last I saw, he wasn't projected in the first round. Maybe y'all have seen something since then. Uh, for the NFL draft, maybe not even the second round, which is a little bit mind-boggling for me because he does have big-time upside. Uh, but uh, and then you know he'll he'll have an NIL offer of some sort that would at least make it worth his while to stay for his uh, 
for a fourth year at Ohio State, along with JT Tui Molowal, you know, I do believe from what I'm hearing. So, man, you mentioned having those kind of decisions, right? It's kind of because you, you do when you go into the NFL draft, it is a lottery, meaning you don't know if your numbers, you don't know when your number's going to come up in that definition of lottery. Uh, uh, so why not get it while you can, right? Yeah, I think there is a precedent for a guy suiting up, practicing through the entire bowl practice and still not playing in the game or going to or coming back to Ohio State. Um, we saw it two years ago with Chris Olave, who uh, a lot of the young defensive backs benefited from covering Chris Olave during bowl practice. They benefited yeah. from having his veteran leadership and presence in the locker room all the way through um, Jan- or December 29th and December 30th. And then uh, in the walkthrough and then uh, the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day, Chris Olave didn't play. So yeah. There is some precedent there. That's not. We're not going to get into. Why, why would you practice and not play? I mean, no. I mean, I understand that Denzel Ward did the same thing. You know, uh, uh, so I, I, I see where you're coming from there. But I would, you know, I would just lean more toward these guys are going to play. Yeah, but you know, we can't just get everybody excited thinking everybody's going to play, and then all of a sudden, okay. so it's not a What I'm trying to say is, it's not a stone cold lock that these guys are going to play just because they're practicing. But it is a good sign, Andy if a lot of these guys are practicing that we haven't heard from, you know, we've got concrete decisions from Emeka Ibuka and Jordan Hancock and Donovan Jackson, that they are going to play. But some of these guys who didn't get to speak, who didn't, you know, speak to us uh, this week, we don't know if they're going to play. But if they're practicing, it's a good sign that they could play, but it's not a guarantee that they will play. Yeah. Ryan day. We didn't get to speak to him this week, but he was on 97, one, the fans morning juice yesterday. And this is a quote I'll read. He said, you know, there's a really good group of guys that we feel like are coming back next year. He said some guys have already gone out there, and that's a great opportunity to lead and say, hey, I'm coming back. Who's coming with me here? And let's go build this thing up for next year. So we've got great guys in that locker room and so many guys who understand how important it is to build the team the right right now. So I think, like, that's a pretty big what? Wait a minute. Define what he just said there. <laughs> I think – I mean, he wouldn't say that if he didn't know that some had already made the decision. Well, yeah, but he didn't name anybody. <laughs> of course not. I mean, why would he do that? All these guys have to put it on X or whatever you call it now, yeah. you know, to make their own decision. But I think, like, it's clear that some people have already made the decision internally, to your point, Tim, that that moment has probably already passed where yeah. there's been a big question of who's coming back. Like, some of this is, yes, they want a monitor to – okay, figure out what exactly is my draft evaluation or what am I going to do just play in the bowl and and then declare or, you know, not do either. Like, I think there is part of that. But I think some guys have definitely already said, I- I'm back. And um, I think that that quote certainly hints and, and maybe even indicates that that is what has happened. And I think if you're an Ohio State fan, you got to be excited about that because, you know, people questioned Ryan Day as the head coach of this football program. And I think that, you know, what's happened in the Michigan game certainly can be picked apart and rightfully criticized the last couple of years. But for the culture of this program, you have to say, well, something's being done right. Because if guys want to come back, that says a lot about the head coach. It says a lot about the staff that he has. It says a lot about the culture in the building. Because if, if there was no solid culture here, guys would be off to the NFL, no question. They wouldn't be playing in this bowl game. They would be opting out. And I think that that is telling, and I think people need to pay pay attention to that right now. Yeah, that it matters. I mean, yeah. that's the point. That stuff matters to them. I mean, I, I believe Marvin Harrison Jr. when he talked about losing, uh, you know, not having a pair of gold pants and not beating Michigan and not playing in a Big Ten championship game, uh, 
that matters to him. I mean, why else would he say it? Right. And because uh, we we all know Marvin, boy, he, he speaks from his heart, you know, uh, from what I've been around, uh, what I've been around him. And so you're right. I mean, the culture uh, is is strong. Uh, but, you know, it's funny when you face these decisions as a 20, 21 year old, 22 year old man, uh, young man uh, about your future. It it those are tough, tough uh those are those are tough questions to answer. Uh, Ryan Day also said, and we'll go back into his 97-1, the fan interview with, with uh, Morning Juice from Thursday. Devin and I sat down and talked about this. Day said, this is a great opportunity for Devin to take over this team and to run with it. I know he's very, very excited about that. We can confirm Devin Brown is excited about that. We talked to him at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on Tuesday. He seemed very upbeat. He seemed ready to be a leader in this situation. He seemed ready to prove himself. Um, and that all but confirms, you know, Devin had said he was going to start. Nobody really questioned who was going to start in this game. But the fact that you're starting to hear it from Ryan Day, that this is an opportunity for Devin, leads you to believe that um, 33 will be the starting quarterback for the Buckeyes in the Cotton Bowl. Obviously not completely confirmed, but all signs point to this being Devin Brown's um, opportunity, Tim, to finally showcase what he can do in a larger setting um, over a couple weeks of practice with just number one players because he was practicing with the twos at least part of the time, or if not most of the time, in training camp. Now he gets to take the reins with the ones, run with that for a couple weeks, and then show himself with the ones in the Cotton Bowl. And by the way, all of the guys, all of the weapons seem to be playing in the game as well to give him a full complement of of options to throw to and hand off to um, you know, when he gets into that game. Yeah, I mean, it's – Devin Brown's time. And, you know, I, I, we, we all talked to him. I asked him, I mean, almost point blank. I mean, he wants to grab it and run with it and, and throw with it. <laughs> the last time we saw him, he was pretty much running with it, and that cost him uh, half a season. Just when Ryan Day, it was obvious Ryan Day was trying to work him in 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 into the rotation, so to speak, uh, for an option down in the red zone. But then maybe, you know, we all know Cal McCord had some great stats. We all know Cal McCord – kind of faded a, a few times uh, in the middle of games. And um, sometimes you want another, you want an alternative to throw in there. And uh, just when it was looking like Ohio State might have one, uh, Devin Brown suffered that high ankle sprain. So uh, against uh, what Penn State, and he thought he scored on that play, but replay showed he didn't. But the bottom line is, uh, uh, yeah, and he's fired up. And this is the thing, guys, I was – we were taping a Channel 10 thing the other night for wall-to-wall sports, and uh, I got kind of – I didn't get apoplectic. I don't even know what the word is. Uh, but I got I got riled up by this idea that all these – there are a lot of fans calling for Lincoln Keynos to be the guy in the bowl game. And I'm just going, you know, number one, Devin Brown was a five-star prospect coming out of high school. He wasn't some uh, fluky guy they got out of the West, you know, a two-star who's just trying to prove himself. I mean, this guy is a big-time prospect. He, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen him play a lot, so it's hard to really say what he brings to the table <clears throat> from the standpoint of proven. But he's big. He's pretty damn fast. He's not afraid to run the ball. He gives you that threat. And then on top of that, he can throw the ball. And, uh, yeah, we heard all these things coming out of preseason camp about how he was inconsistent, uh, had some turnovers, et cetera, which cost him maybe at the most critical times of that assessment process but at times on in the preseason camp he was number one over Cal McCord it seemed to change from day to day and Lincoln Kinos bless his heart is a tremendous 
athlete, as we all know. Just watch him do that backflip, you know. that. But that's about the best video you've got of him so far is him doing a backflip on social media. You know, he played a little bit, but uh, it's Devin Brown's turn. And, the, you know, the idea that you're going to find somebody necessarily in the uh, in the transfer portal who's going to be at the level of a Devin Brown, you know, I, I still got to happen as we record this. I don't think they've gotten that guy yet. You know what I mean? And uh, we'll see if they end up getting a big time name. If in fact, that's what you call it out of the transfer portal, but this is Devin Brown's moment. And uh, I expect him to seize it. I expect him to make some mistakes and I expect him to make some plays. That's what I expect to see. Andy, I think it would be a different story if a lot of these guys were opting out of the bowl game. If you had no Emeka Buka, if you had no, you know, we don't know about Trevor Henderson for sure yet, but if if he was certainly not playing, if a lot of the defensive guys opted out, you could use this as a glorified exhibition practice type deal um, and maybe split some reps with Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz, both give them both a chance to kind of show themselves. But the fact that a lot of these guys are playing, even if they're not coming back, they're playing in this game. We don't know if they're coming back or not, but everyone seems to be on board with playing in this game. That gives you more of incentive, in my opinion, to go out and just win the game and make sure that you're putting the best possible team on the field. And right now, I think that's Devin Brown for sure over Lincoln Keenholz. That's not a knock on Keenholz. It's just the fact that he's a young guy who um, you know, arrived on at Ohio State six months ago. You can't just hand him the keys to the offense against a, a top 12 SEC team. Um, so I think that is part of the reason why you're seeing so much about Devin Brown and this being his moment, but also it's just, he's paid his dues. It's time to give him a chance to take over this thing. What do you think, Andy? Well, regardless of who opted out, they were always going to try to win this game. I, I think that, you know, Devin Brown probably still would have been the guy. And I think that, you know, this is really Lincoln Keenholz's spring season. He didn't play spring ball. He wasn't here for those practices. This bowl season that's a makeup for those practices he wasn't there for. Now, of course, he's off winning a baseball state championship. He pretty much won a state championship in every sport you could play in South <laughs> Dakota there. Um, great athlete, as Tim mentioned. Like, certainly someone that is intriguing for the future of this program. But we saw him throw five passes. He's mostly asked to hand the ball off. And, look, everyone looks good throwing against air, right? You know, before the games, I, I get it. There's excitement. He's definitely got a, you know, a moxie to him, a savvy to him. Yes. So does Devin Brown. And, you know, I think that, you know, it's it's his time, as you guys said. And I think that, you know, we're in the holiday season. It's toys are coming underneath the, the Christmas tree. And everyone wants to see that shiny new toy. And I think that when you haven't really seen too much of it, there's all the high expectations of what it could be. And I think that's kind of the effect with a lot of recruits that come in to Ohio State. They got a lot of good um, – I don't know, just ratings or just stories about what they've done in high school and, and leading up to this point. And I think that's reasonable to build up some expectation. I think that's what you have Lincoln Keenholz, not to say he won't live up to that. But right now, I think that's what people are kind of leaning on. But when, in fact, you know, Devin Brown also has some of those high expectations, also was an Elite 11 finalist, also was a, a five-star recruit, actually a higher, much higher rated recruit than Lincoln Keenholz. And I think that the dual threat ability of him has to be intriguing. Uh, for Ohio State fans. And the comments of Ryan Day kind of let you to believe a little bit that, hey, maybe they're not really looking at the portal as hard right now. And that's not to say they won't in the spring because there is that window too. Um, yeah. But right now it feels like this is Devin Brown's stage for this audition. Yeah, and with these toys, like you said, uh, uh, that are under the tree, uh, batteries included. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if Ohio State's at full strength for the Cotton Bowl, we'll learn a lot about the roster. But 
Uh, I did want to touch quickly, and I, I don't know how much of an opinion either of you guys have on this, uh, but Ohio State is hosting two guys from the transfer portal this weekend. Hosted one last weekend, Derek Harmon, defensive tackle from uh, Michigan State. He'll be visiting Oregon, according to some on three folks, um, this weekend. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. The Buckeyes were slated to host Trey Moore, the UTSA defensive end. They were slated to host Marley Cook, the defensive tackle um, from uh, Middle Tennessee State. Um, Ohio State and Marley Cook kind of parted ways, according to Larry Monroe sources. They, they, it just wasn't going to be a fit. And then Trey Moore, uh, folks that I've talked to, folks that Pete Nakos over on three have talked to, said that Trey Moore, Ohio State canceled that visit. So it gives you some optimism again, so good, good direction there, that Ohio State feels good about its defensive end options to not go get one of the most productive defensive ends in the country this year, even if it was at UTSA. But uh, the Buckeyes will still host two guys from the transfer portal. Uh, that will be uh, Kamari Ramsey, the defensive uh, back from UCLA. He is a guy that Ohio State, from what I understand, really has uh, taken a liking to um, so far in this this process. And I think, you know, after a couple visits there, Ohio State will have a better, op- a better answer. And then the Buckeyes are also going and going to host, rather, uh, Caleb Elam's or a uh, linebacker from Cal, one of the Pac-12's leading tacklers from a year ago, really, um, really quick guy, twitchy guy who just kind of shoots, shoots when he sees uh, a lane and gets to contact. I like both of these guys. So um, I don't know if either of you have any thoughts. So maybe I'll start with you this time, Andy. These sound like good players that Ohio State could add. Like it's, it's just one of those things. I'll have a preview of it at LettermanRow.com. Um, but these are two guys that, that the Buckeyes see from the Pac-12 that could be value adds. Um, if things go well on these visits. Well, Ryan Day was asked about, you know, what is the, the process with the transfer portal for Ohio State? A lot of it comes down to, you know, scholarship numbers. It comes down to positions of need. Well, you just mentioned two positions of potential need. You know, linebacker, we don't know the situation with Steel Chambers, but it's certainly all signs are pointing to Tommy Eichenberg leaving for the NFL. That opens up a starting spot. We assume that Cody Simon will slide in, but who knows, you know, who's going to be beside him next season. Having linebacker depth in general is important, so that one makes sense to me. And then the safety position, I mean, who knows what Lathan Ransom is going to do. Josh Proctor will be gone. You want to have depth, certainly. There was you know injuries at that position this year. Josh Proctor missed a couple of games. Jahad Carter, who was a depth piece, was hurt for a bit of this season. Lathan Ransom, of course, got hurt during this season. So you want to have depth in that back end. And, and some of those transfer portal ads in the back end have been really great these last few years. Tanner McAllister. You know, I know he had an up and down year, but he was then starting nickel safety in 2022. And then this past season, you have, you know, Davis and Igbenosin is probably the most important transfer you add at the cornerback position. So those yeah. secondary additions in the transfer portal have been pretty crucial for Ohio State the last couple of years. So it doesn't surprise me at all that they're dipping back in to try to see what they can get yeah. over there. And Jihad Carter was coming on. I mean, actually, he played at the end of the year and stuff, but he got hurt. And stuff that hurt him, but you're you're right. I mean, you know the 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 um, canceling of the kid like from UTSA. You know, I, you know, Ohio State's doing its vetting process too on these guys. You know, and uh, uh, and Ryan Day is really big on the culture fit aspect of things. As you you know, he's used that a million times uh, that explanation, and you don't want to bring in. You know. This isn't this isn't knocking that young man. I'm not even gonna name him, but you don't want to bring in people that you think aren't gonna fit in the room, you know, uh, from the standpoint of uh, for whatever reasons. I'm not even gonna throw out the reasons that could be, but uh, but you know, they're the guy that they brought in and and we didn't see a lot of 
that I was intrigued by when they first brought him in, for example, this past year was Taiwan Malone, another kid from Ole Miss, young man from Ole Miss. And uh, uh, we'll see what happens with him as this, as this year goes on. But, uh, but, uh, but Davis Nigbenosen was a great example of a right guy at the right time and a great fit, you know? And uh, so that's what they're always looking for. Just like in the quarterback situation, uh, it's kind of like, you don't want to, you, you judge these guys, you look at their upside. You're looking at Devin Brown's upside. Devin Brown has a tremendous upside. He, is, he has as big an upside as almost anybody you can name that's uh, that's in the portal. I mean, you know, for like, for example, Ungalele, you know, who is uh, – I always throw an extra lay in there. Uh, for example, moving, moving on, a lot of people thought he was the answer at Clemson. You know, he goes to Oregon State, and now all of a sudden he was in the portal again, and you're just kind of going – You've got a lot of video on this guy to decide why maybe he doesn't fit, you know, in your situation. And a lot, and, and several of these other guys, Dante Moore, the, the kid, I think, from uh, UCLA, right? I mean, uh, tremendous upside for that guy, but but he was a, a turnover machine, you know, this, this, this last season when he got his shot. And uh, so right on down the line, you've got to be real careful, especially in the quarterback situation, uh, in my opinion, in, in this day and age, because – Quarterbacks have been transferring ever since I started covering college football. And now with the immediate uh, gratification of, of getting to play somewhere else, they're expecting that a- aspect of it. And you don't want to, you don't want a sourpuss sitting in your quarterback room, you know, and they've pr- been pretty lucky in that regard. But, uh, but I think Devin Brown's going to prove, um, he almost proved it in preseason, but he's going to prove, I think over the next several months, why he probably deserves that first shot of being the 2024 starting quarterback for the Buckeyes. And that's why Ohio State is being very deliberate in the transfer portal. They're being very patient in the transfer portal. Um, I'm sorry if that's bad news for you, but, and I'm talking to the the, the viewer. Not me. You're talking about to the listeners. I'm sorry if that's bad news for you that Ohio State's being patient and deliberate and calculated in its transfer portal additions. But guess what? There's a lot of momentum right now that some of these juniors are going to come back. And there's a groundswell, a little bit of momentum that that will be the case. And so Ohio State's not going to go just, okay, I'll just say names. They're not going to go target Walter Nolan, who um, the priorities weren't where Ohio State aligns with in recruiting. They're not going to be there a year, two years later when he's in the transfer portal. They're not just going to go randomly grab, um, you know, top player X from the transfer portal at any position, let alone quarterback. Um, because there's some turnover machines in there who have great highlight tapes, but don't really look like down to down that they can get it done. So like Ohio state knows it could use help in the back end. What's it doing? It's bringing in a solid player who it, they think can, can value add in the room. Kamari Ramsey at UCLA. If he commits to Ohio state, he would be a value add for Ohio state. They're bringing in a linebacker to help with CJ Hicks and Cody Simon, who appear to be in line to be the two starting linebackers this year. Caleb Elam's or has, a hundred and some odd tackles in the Pac-12. He can play at a high level. They think they can add him. That's very deliberate in the way that they are approaching the transfer portal. If you don't need top-end defensive ends, and now that the the NIL equation's there, you're not going to pay for a top-end defensive end if you've already got guys in the room who are going to be good enough. You're not going to overpay for a defensive end that's in the transfer portal. It's the same thing at corner and at offensive line. If you've got four or five starters coming back, you got four starters coming back. You're not going to go grab a tackle that's asking for way more money and then not even know if he's going to start. So, like, the Buckeyes are being very pointed in what they're doing in the transfer court. Judicious. 
I know that's not the answer a lot of people want because they want activity. But bad activity is not the answer. Activity is not always the answer. It's not like they're just sitting there. They're they're talking to people. They're watching the film. They're gathering details. And the fact that they're being patient, Andy, in the portal tells me they have a good idea of what they're going to do. Wait, let me throw one line in there from the Christmas season. Remember, you know, uh, 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 the uh, uh, Christmas, what, what's it called? Christmas vacation, where the little girl says uh, when the grandfather's uh, knocking uh, 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 Griswold uh, for the lights not coming on, his daughter says to the grandfather, he works really hard. And the grandfather says, so do washing machines. <laughs> yeah, Clark I mean- Griswold. Well, I couldn't remember his name. I don't know. I've watched that movie 4,000 times. But Ohio State's not just going to go into the portal. No, they're not. So, Andy, I I just like – I'm not frustrated with the fan base, but also like activity is not always the the answer here when it comes to the portal. Well, you want activity. They're about to sign 22 guys. So, (laughs) (laughs) high school recruits still exist, people, um, and and they're coming and signing guys. Aaron Nolan's coming. Yeah, signing day is approaching, and uh, that you know Matt Parker at LettermanRoad.com covers all that, along with Alex Gleitman, and got great site stuff on site right now about all of that. And those are guys that are coming in, and the eighty-five scholarship limit exists, and that's something that also factors in to this transfer portal discussion. Oh, Ryan Day was asked also on ninety-seven-one the fan. You know, were you surprised about like how many guys have left the program so far? Fourteen, eleven total left last year. He said, no, you know, with COVID. There was like five years there was going to be this kind of effect of, of players that had the extra year. It was going to affect the scholarship count. It was going to affect the roster management. This is what's happening. You know, there are going to be guys that are leaving. We we kind of – he didn't say this, but what he was kind of getting at is we kind of need that. You know, you need to lose some weight. You need to shed off some of that because you're bringing in new guys every year. Some guys aren't going to work out. That's just the reality of all these programs across the country but some of them are going to work out and you need to have room for the young guys to come in. And that's part of this roster buying right now. He said right now, they're probably going to be a little bit over the 85 going into the spring. They're going to need to work that out. That means they don't have a whole lot of flexibility to be adding 10 guys in the portal. I mean, they might add five, six, seven, maybe, I don't know. I mean, it depends on who else leaves. Right. But at this point you can't be adding guys recklessly because you don't know who's going to leave yet. And so they can't be committing and offering guys they know they don't know they can really give a spot to. And I think that that's a big part of this process. And that's kind of the other side of guys potentially coming back, but not making the decision yet. Yeah. Let's, let's be, let's be uh, straight up to here. When you lose your starting quarterback to the portal and uh, that was a tough, that was a tough moment uh, because there's a guy that started 12 games, 13 games. And uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of investment. Uh, by, by the Ohio State football program in a player who has now decided to move on, meaning uh, from an experience standpoint, that is really tough to replicate in the transfer portal, et cetera. Yet you don't want a disgruntled person sitting in that in that position also. You know, I have not talked to uh, Cal McCord, uh, you know, in, in terms of what, what caused him finally to definitely leave. But uh, the bottom line is he is gone. That is a major blow from an investment standpoint. But you're looking for a higher upside there is what you're looking for because for whatever reason, 
they didn't produce the touchdowns this year like they've been used to in the past. And that's what it comes down to is production from the quarterback standpoint. Devin Brown could be that guy. And like you said, in the portal right now, who is that guy that fits that fits that bill that you're used to? You know, I, I, I see some guys that possibly could be, but not proven. That's why Ohio State's being very cautious and deliberate and intentional in the way that it's attacking the transfer portal with National Signing Day coming up, with the Cotton Bowl prep in in full swing, with players making decisions on their NFL futures or their Ohio State futures, and with Tim, who has, I see, a polo and a long sleeve shirt on. That can only mean one thing. We've yeah. made him. We've made him late to his tea time, ladies and gentlemen. He's got to get the hell out of here and go swing the sticks. Andy Backstrom and I are going to get back to work. Tim's going to hit the links. Tim, hit him straight, man. I'm still uh, working. I'm still thinking football when I'm playing golf. That's why my golf game sucks. That's exactly why. We'll just go ahead and blame it. That's what I do every time I hit the links. Tim. <laughs> uh, for Tim May, the 40-year bet, he's going to go bundle up and hit the golf course. Andy Backstrom on the other side of that screen. I'm just Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the latest video presented by Letterman Row. We'll see you guys over at LettermanRow.com.